With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Across the Pond Sports Podcast. Back for the divisional weekend that we have coming up in the NFL. It's going to be huge. Some great matchups. Um, in terms of the podcast, um, don't forget to check out Across the Pond NHL Podcast. We launched that this week. Um, on this podcast, we have Hannah Wilkes today from Sky Sports NFL. A great interview. She's so good. Um, can't wait till you guys hear that. Um, and we're going to break down the divisional games uh, that are happening this weekend. So lots going on on this show as well, uh, as well as an NBA show this weekend. Next week, the NFL show will drop to just one show a week. Um, there's less games to talk about. We don't have the normal 16 games. But uh, but we're still going strong. Uh, a lot of listeners, um, a lot of feedback coming in, so we really appreciate that. In terms of um, uh, social media and the website, you can get us at our website, atpsports.net, um, and you can also get us on social media across the pond, Sports Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook, and why not on Twitter as well, at ATP Sports Pod. Uh, for the moment, let's get on with the show um, and introduce you to Hannah Wilkes. Okay, so we have divisional weekend coming up, huge weekend of football, great matchups ahead. Uh, Katie Brinkley is back and uh, going to break down the games. And with us is a very special guest and someone I've been looking forward to having on the show for a while. It's Hannah Wilkes from Sky Sports NFL. Now, um, Hannah uh, went to uh, Loughborough in University in England, and yes, she is English, um, and joined Sky Sports in 2011. Um, she has done everything that you can do in Sky Sports, netball, football, NFL, and equestrian sports. Um, also a kids program called Game Changers, uh, which was on Sky Sports also. Now, 
Hannah, with you doing so much and so much kind of going on, um, COVID must really have affected your kind of experience in terms of how you do your job. I mean, you did NFL overtime uh, from home this week. Um, that must be pretty sad because when I see you guys interact on the show, when you're there, it looks like you guys are having quite a laugh and quite a good time making it. Well, now, first Hannah, the- I was going to say, before you answer, I have to ask, what is netball? Oh, I will explain that. But can I say, first of all, thank you so much for having yes. me on the show. I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Um, and as you're li- listing off that ream of sports there, I was going, oh, hold on. You missed ping pong, bowling and rugby <laughs> as well. Um, and I've been to the World Conquer Championships twice. Don't ask me about that, Katie. It's too, <laughs> it's too <laughs> random. But netball, and I love explaining netball to Americans um, because it's... It was born from basketball, actually. So it was basically a way for gentle English ladies to play basketball without, of course, breaking a sweat because back <laughs> in the year dot, that was the worst thing a lady could do. So it's it's now this a huge sport, particularly in Commonwealth countries. And it's it's kind of like basketball in that you've got a net at either end and the aim of the game is to get the ball through the net. Um, you've got seven players on a team. Technically, you can't run with the ball um, and there's certain the, the courts in three areas and different positions are only allowed in certain areas. Um, but if you just Google it, if you just Google netball or like World Cup netball or Super League netball, it is this incredibly fast, furious, um, tactical game. And it's predominantly played by women. It's played by men too. Um, and it's great. We all play it at school here. And then we've got the Super League in this country, which is about to start again, hopefully soon, because we had to lose last season to COVID. Um, and they play it really well in Australia and New Zealand. So yeah, that's my netball spiel. What was the question, James? <laughs> Sorry, James, I took her down a rabbit hole. Don't get me started on netball as well. <laughs> so just in terms of COVID and how that's experienced has really changed what you do and how you're working day in, day out. Well, yeah, I mean, it's changed things massively, but the incredible thing is, and of course, when we had the first lockdown back in March, sports stopped as well. So there was a lot of thumb twiddling for a couple of weeks. And then the great thing about working for a company like Sky is it is full of broadcasting genii or geniuses. I never know which one. Um, And quite quickly, these incredible people within Sky found new ways for us to still make content, make shows, um, to fill channel and to fill the channels and do live stuff as well. So, um, you know, we can record remotely. We've got a, a, an amazing piece of broadcasting software that's not that dissimilar to sort of Zoom, but it can do basically put a whole TV show together, all sat in boxes, uh, which is what you saw with Overtime this week. And we were we were really gutted when we were told that we had to start doing it remotely. Um, but obviously the main thing is to keep everyone safe and with the current situation over here we have to minimize the amount of people that are going on to site at Sky to make sure that the people that have to be there stay healthy and everything gets on TV as it should Um, so yes we were really worried because like you say we have we have so much fun doing that show I think sometimes we drive the producer a bit mad and the director because they're they're ready to record and me Josh and Jeff are just chatting mostly football but also not always and we're just in between bits we just we're just hanging out and just having fun 
Um, so we were a bit worried about that. But lo and behold, yesterday I was in my living room. Um, Josh is in his, Jeff's God knows where. Um, and, and we're still getting told off because we have to get on and record because we were just chatting away again. So um, I, I think we still got that energy in there, which is the hardest thing to do when you're doing it remotely. Um, it's a huge shame. Of course it is. We'd love to be in the studio right through to the to after the Super Bowl, which was the original plan. And you never know how things are going to change. But for the moment... As long as the show gets on air as it does and you know it's not suddenly a completely different show and um, it's happy days but yeah I missed the guys I was like well it's nice to see you on the screen but I really miss our like weekly Tuesday crew. Well it was good because you know, I've seen this, this, the jokes were still there the humour was still there so we still I mean because Jeff made a, a comment that he was in what was it he was in New Scotland Yard because it looked like <laughs> yes. he, the wall behind him looked like a prison cell so I was I said to both of the guys at the top of the show I have got, I'm going to send them some wall decoration for next week because I'm sat there in you know my like cozy living room with my books and pictures on the wall and like on my sofa and just Josh's head in a white wall and Jeff's head in a gray wall and I was like we, we need to lift we need to lift the backdrops guys keep it visually engaging yes definitely I think so you know, one thing too, before you ask uh, the next question here on, on Hannah's team, I, I have to say one thing that I love about uh, talking with you guys on the other side of the pond is you guys say gutted a lot. And um, it's not an expression that we use over here in America. And every time that, that, that James says it, now Hannah, you've said it, I'm just like, what a neat, you know, turn of phrase that that is. <laughs> you should use it. Next time you raise the point to you, I'm so gutted. We were gutted. I, I feel like I'd have to say it with an English accent. They're like, oh, no, I'm so gutted oh, no. now. Oh. <laughs> we're not going down the accent route again, are we? Back to back. That was quite good. That was quite good. <laughs> Oh dear. And and as Katie said, uh, your team is the uh, Rams. Um, yeah, now, we're in divisional they, round, baby. <laughs> now, I've got to say, we on the podcast have, we've given them props. You know, they've been good, but they've also kind of won games that they should have won by a lot and kind of had slowed down. Um, they've kind of been hot and cold. But do you think they can do it and make it all the way to the Super Bowl? Well, if they do, James, it will be the living embodiment and proof of everything Rob Ryan and Sean Gale have been telling me for years in that defence wins championships. (laughs) However, I think it's a big ask. And I think playing, you know, as as fantastic as the Rams defence has been in it is is the the best defence in the league this year. That is, you know, if you look at Sony metrics, it's number one across the board. But I think it becomes a really big ask when you're up against number one seed Packers with Aaron Donald having had what is an MVP elect season, essentially, um, their offense firing on all cylinders. And I think the Rams defense has still got an ability to, to be making stops and to make life difficult for them. But offensively, like you say, it's been so up and down that I'm just not convinced that there's the ability there to be scoring points on was it Saturday night with the wildcard um, game against Seahawks? I got more excited about that Rob Woods touchdown than any score ever because the Rams offense actually scoring points, not just from a field goal, was so novel. And that's not, that's not the greatest endorsement, I think, when you're trying to put together a Super Bowl run. Um, but it's great to see. And I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. It has been an emotionally exhausting season at times. 
Well, I was going to say too, like, you know, going off of what they say, the defense wins championships. And I think that they're pretty right on, but I feel like for the Rams right now with, with Jared Goff's injury, and we can get into this more when we talk about the game. I feel like that is really going to be 100% if they do make it all the way to the Super Bowl and win, it's, it's going to be 100% on the defense's shoulders. Why, Hannah, why are the Rams your team to, to, to cheer for and and um, what what do you think is going to be happening this year? So, because it's been so hot and so cold that I mean, one week Jared Goff is you know out and and he comes in and throws for 150 yards, and then there's other weeks where he's you know looking like an MVP, like the guy that they had a couple a couple years back. So, um, what what do you think that they're going to be able to do with this playoff round? Well, that's, that is the big question and it remains to be seen. I have to say, I was so excited with um, how John Wolford played against the Cardinals because he brought something to the quarterback position for the Rams that we just don't see. You know, he was making yards on the ground that Arizona didn't know how to handle it, didn't know how the Rams were going to play offensively and it really paid off. And you saw the flashes of that in the, the first quarter on, on Saturday in the wildcard round until he came off. And I think in a way... It's weird with Jared Goff because I have defended him for, you know, the past couple of seasons when there's been a lot of criticism thrown his way. Last year, he had a terrible offensive line and this year it started looking better. And then, like you say, after that Dolphins game, I think really, it completely knocked his confidence. And then I'm just sat there with my like hands over my face, especially on any third down attempt. I was like, this is never, never feels like it ends well. Um, and I think it's really interesting. I think what you do have to say, though, is you think he had surgery on that thumb 12 days before that wildcard game and the grit. And yeah, it was wobbly at times and that ball was going a bit erratically. But I think we can forgive him that, bearing in mind two weeks before he literally popped that thumb back in. Um, but I think in a oh. way, I think in a way, I think that's the first time he's come off playing the game where he hasn't started since like high school so in a way you wonder if that like that extra fight might bring something back and kick start something there and be like no I have still got this but it's been so erratic I honestly I think it's all on the defense when it comes to the the Packers game on on Saturday and we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be because I there's still a huge part of me that would like them to start John Wolford because Packers won't know what to expect because there's only one there's only one game on film of him so I think that gives a bit of an edge but as to how they became my team it's quite random. So I started watching the NFL about 10 years ago when I first started working at Sky. Um, and it took me a little while to get into it because there is a lot going on. And then as I got more and more into it, I was like, right, I need to find my team. And I try, I was like, I'm going to root for the Packers. I'm going to root for the Patriots. I'm going to root for Sons. Like, trying on all these different teams. Nothing really like fitted or felt quite right. And then um, it was actually... And now we're going to talk about this later, but it was actually um, a documentary series when the Rams were moving from St. Louis to Los Angeles. And it was around the time I was getting super into the sport. Um, and they did the All or Nothing series that year. And I think Hard Knocks as well, though. I don't think I actually saw that. Um, and I was like, OK, here's a team on the move, being some fans. And when you actually when you don't grow up with a sport, you don't know the personalities and, and the people and the players and the, the coaches like you do with the sports you grew up with. So it's quite a, it was a great way to like get to know them and feel that sort of connection. Um, and that was it. And conveniently, Los Angeles I was like, well, I've been there. So that makes sense. 
And also, as it happens, and I only made this connection recently because I'm always obsessed with the Rams and the Chargers, to be fair, uniforms. And the Rams uniforms are the exact same yellow and blue of my primary school uniform. So it's a nice, like, I think it was a constant <laughs> thing as well. It all comes together. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's just strange, isn't it? It's like when you come to, don't grow up with a sport, everyone's got their random way of, of picking, picking their team. Yeah, I love that. I think that um, it's something that we probably, you know, forget about because you guys don't have a, a team over there across the pond. And so Yet. If you guys are in. Yeah, yes. yeah we will the Jaguars soon. are coming. The Jaguars are coming. Um, mm. but, <laughs> Maybe but yeah, the Texans. So... <laughs> you never know. No. Although we could take Trevor Lawrence at number one pick. I was going to say, if the Jaguars <laughs> sign Trevor Lawrence, I'll be very much on there. Bring the Jags to London <laughs> hype train. <laughs> It's definitely something that's been talked about quite a lot is, is an NFL franchise being brought to London um, because they sell out the games at Wembley and at Tottenham Hotspur. You've been to those games, Hannah. Those, oh, those yeah. games are wild. I've never been to one yet, but those games oh are Oh my gosh, wild. you have to go. You have to go. They're incredible. And um, all the guys say this and the players say this as well, that those games are like as close to a Super Bowl as you get because... It doesn't matter what team people support; they will get tickets for those games. So the the stands are like a rainbow of like you see you see all thirty two jerseys at those games, um, and the atmosphere is incredible. And it was so gutting this year that we didn't have them. Obviously, you just couldn't with the world as it currently is. But there were going to be four, I think, this year, um, and crucially as well, the Jags were going to play two back to back to start to get a real sense of of how it could work having a team based over here. Um, I really hope it does still happen my worry is that with covid it's kind of flagged even more sort of concerns of how difficult that could become um and the sort of unexpected challenges it could it could throw up so i i worry it's kind of pushed it back a little bit um but we'll just we'll just see because it it would be awesome and i've spoken about this with so many like fans over here and it's like oh whatever team comes here is instantly everyone's like second team but you still have your team but then you support them and you try and get a season ticket and everything else well, I, I feel like that's one... kind of how the Chargers are um, in in LA because they were kind of they're kind of like the redheaded stepchild there now because you know, the Rams went there first and then like oh the Chargers oh we're going to leave San Diego and we're going to go to LA too and it's kind of like oh okay I guess we could have two teams so I kind of well, feel like was... the Chargers are second. <laughs> there was this huge rumor around the London games last season. There's this huge rumor. It's getting loads. It's and like it was being written everywhere and tweeted about and talked about that the charges were going to move. <laughs> and they came out and were like, "Nope, absolutely not. No way. Never. No." And like, but you guys could. London charges also got a nice ring to it. You haven't got to change that many letters. I know. I know that. I, I like this. I, I actually like that. I mean, Justin Herbert's pretty good. So if you wanted to, I love Justin, Justin Herbert. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we've been begging well, up Justin Herbert all year, so. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and you know, but I don't know if, if James has told you any of my backstory. Um, I actually started my career out of college as a sports journalist. Um, I was a reporter for the radio station here in Denver, and I did all the post-game interviews and locker room interviews and um, did stuff on the radio side for sports journalism. What made you want to work in sports media? Do you know what? i I basically thought it looked like fun. So I went to um, I went to Loughborough University, as James mentioned in that lovely intro, which, if you are not familiar with it, is like the sporty university of the UK. Like it is, it's got these incredible sports facilities. You've got loads of like elite athletes and Olympians 
training there and, and studying there. Um, so when I sort of rocked up, um, I was like, right, what can I do here that's fun? And they have this amazing sort of student media, like TV station, radio station, magazine. I was like, well, this looks like a fun thing to get involved in. And of course, when you're at Loughborough, surrounded by sport, you're going to film it and you're going to talk about it because you'd be stupid to be like, well, no, I think what I really want to do here is, you know, look into, I can't even think of like, you know, film noir and report on that. Like that doesn't exist there. I'm sure it does, but in a very small group. Um, so yeah, so I, I, that was kind of how I, I got into it. I grew up with sport as well. Like my mum watches any sport on TV. She is a rugby nut, which I think is part of where my love for American football comes from as well. Cause it's that sort of physicality and, and the egg shaped ball. Um, uh, and and yeah, so as I was I was at uni, I was, you know, reporting on sport. And you're lucky at Loughborough as well. You get a bit spoiled because like the the first team rugby team would play like the England under 21s, and we'd do it like a live broadcast. You kind of get to have those dry runs and get a feel of what it's like to be on a sideline and doing live interviews. And then once you get that taste of it, you're like, well, th- this this is this looks like a very fun way to uh, <laughs> to earn a living, and it definitely beats a real job, is what I always say. And just in terms of where you've kind of come from and where you are now, um, what are your kind of goals for 2001 and beyond? Because you've kind of already done so much. Well, my goals for 2001, I believe, were to start secondary school. My goals for 2021. Oh, 2021. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, just um, knocking off years. It's fine. Yeah. Let's, not, let's go back 20 years and warn everyone what will happen in 2020. We could save ourselves a lot of trouble. If we they really would believe us, which I don't think. Can you imagine if you went back into like 2001 and be like, guys, be prepared. 2020, there's going to be this virus. And they're just, they're just, they'd lock you away. Um, anyways, <laughs> goals, the goals. Um, here's the thing. And I, what I have found doing, you know, being in this career and being in this industry, opportunities and disappointments have come out of nowhere when I've not, expected them and then like you know you have a disappointment then it's opportunity comes and you think oh my god how did this happen so it's 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 quite hard to sort of set clear goals I kind of and as well I'm one of those persons that kind of like likes to internalize my goals a little bit especially with everything that's happened in the last year or so I mean back in like April I basically wrote 2020 off as a year for any sort of career development or growth because sport was cancelled you couldn't have people in studio you couldn't do this you couldn't do that So the fact that since then overtime started and Sky's launched a whole NFL channel, it was just incredible. So the fact, you know, to be involved in that obviously is is fantastic. And yeah, I don't have any sort of set goals, really. I kind of just want to keep doing what I'm doing, do more of what I'm doing um, and hopefully get back on a sideline or side of court sometime soon. Um, that that's, is literally, that's I just want to be goal. I feel like I just want to be a live sporting <laughs> event. I really, really do. That's it. Yes, yes, I am right there with you, girlfriend. Mm. Right there with you. It's that's a great goal that I think is an achievable goal to have. <laughs> We've just sort of all brought our goals down a little bit, haven't we? After the last ten months or so, and that's fine. Well, we didn't. We we launched the podcast. We were like, well, we'll go along with Sky. You know, Sky are launching Sky Sports NFL. We'll just launch a podcast. Why not? That's um, <laughs> a great time to do it. Everyone's at home. Everyone's at home, um, apart from Katie, who's at work. Sorry, Katie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in Denver, they don't have a massive lockdown. Um, COVID is obviously 
had a major impact in the last month or so. Um, yet again, in, in Scotland itself, we have got more restrictions on the way starting on Saturday. So, yeah, it's it's been pretty dire. Um, I, think, I think also as well, a simple goal for all of us at this point is just to keep on going with some semblance of being okay. And I think it's, there's so much, you know, a lot of people have been like, what have you done with this time when you're sat at home? You know what, getting through the day on a day-to-day basis, I think is enough at this point in lockdown three or whatever we're on. Um, might move to Denver, Katie, if you can be leaving the house and stuff. <laughs> might make yeah, that a 2021 goal. Yeah, th- th- we can leave the house. Restaurants just reopened. So things are starting to get a little bit better here. <laughs> Not too bad. But what we'll do is uh, we'll take a short break here and we'll come back with a couple more questions and then we will start off looking at Saturday's games. So by now you'll have seen our website, atpsports.net. You're admit it's pretty awesome. It was brought to you by the team at Data Squared. You can find them on the web, datasq2.co.uk. They're dedicated to bringing you the very best in website design, hosting and security. Their aim is to provide you with the very best package you need to help you spread the word about your business. Data Squared will design and build a website for you and they'll build it not just for desktop but for all devices so you can be seen on the move. Data Squared will help you choose your domain, making sure it's relevant to you and your business and they'll open up an online store for you. They have the tools um, so you can keep track of customers, their orders, stock, and much, much more. So why not expand your business online today with Data Squared? Visit datasq2.co.uk. Okay, and we're back. And Katie has a very pressing question for Hannah. So fire away. Yeah, so... Hannah, you know, I think that what we have seen over the last decade is a lot more women in sports, which I absolutely love. When I was getting started in, in radio and, and back, I was the only girl in the locker room. I was the only girl in the sports department. And I love seeing more women on the sideline, more women in the broadcast booth now. I, I absolutely love it. What would you say to a young woman or a young girl who is looking to follow in your footsteps? Do you know, it's it's quite amazing, really, isn't it? Just the sort of that change and, and how much more accepting and, and welcoming. And I will say as well, just personally, I have never had anyone I work with or work for make a thing about the fact that I'm a woman in sport. It's just always been a case of you've got the passion, you know what you're talking about you're a colleague end of the only time I've ever had any sort of comment on it uh, positive or negative it comes from social media and just the sort of outside of the the broadcasting spheres sort of perception of, of what that means and it's um it's great how welcoming and enthusiastic everyone is so I would just say for any young girl coming through now it does it doesn't matter your gender doesn't matter if you've got the passion and you've got the knowledge um, and you've got the drive and determination to be there and you're willing to work hard. That's that's it. Like the fact that you're a woman, I, I hope it's not a, a factor anymore. I don't believe it is from what I'm seeing. And I'm quite in a fortunate position, I admit, you know, when I started off as a sort of runner production junior 10 years ago, it definitely felt a little bit different. Um, not hugely different, but it was, you know, 
amongst my peers even just like at the same level it was a bit like well you're a girl so things can be different for you um so yeah I I hope it's not an advantage and definitely shouldn't be a thing to to hold them back because I actually have to say as well some of the best sports writing and sports journalism on all platforms now I think some of the best work is being being done by some incredible women and it brings such a like a, a different perspective and a fresh take on it and just be confident in in your perception of it I think the the main thing as well for, for being women is, is have belief and conviction in your own knowledge and that what you're saying is valid because I think I think it's a bit of sort of social conditioning a lot and hopefully as a society we're moving away from this but I think you know if you're say in a pub remember when we used to go to those when you're in a pub yeah. and there's a conversation about sport and if you're sat with like a group of boys and I still have this now with like my like by the circle of friends obviously not now like the before time um and now throwing in all these opinions and everyone says it with so much conviction and blah blah you sit there and go oh yeah you're right oh yeah you're right well I'm not gonna put in my thing you might go oh you know what you're talking about blah, blah, blah. and I think that's just a female trait across all areas not just sports so have the belief and the backing of your convictions because you're probably you're seeing it differently because you've got different life experiences so it's it's all valid so just have that confidence and just just blooming go for it it's great and if you need if you reach out to other people as well that's the thing I found more than anything is that women who are already in sports broadcasting especially those who've had to really batter down some doors to do it are so willing to help people on the way up it's um there is room for everyone and it's there's this perception that like it's going to be really cutthroat and like well you she, you might be up for the same job and this that, and the other and actually I find in my experience people want to help people come through um so yeah it's a good it's a good industry to be in so just go for it uh, one person that you do you have worked with um uh, every week while you've been doing overtime is, a f- is someone who I'm a fan of um and and that's when you make your call to the states um for overtime and I watch Good Morning Football every day because um, that's that's kind of part of my day. I usually take my lunch around that time. So three hour lunch break, yeah just, ex- <laughs> yeah, just extend it. It's fine. Um, but you you talk to Kay Adams, and and she is pretty awesome. Um, and she she is very she comes across with so much confidence um, and she knows what she's talking about and she loves the saints obviously um as well as her own hometown bears but that must be quite fun for you as well getting to to talk to someone else and bring them into the show someone who is kind of so big in the states oh absolutely and someone who like yourself you know i used to watch good morning football on, on game pass before we had it on the sky sports nfl channel every weekday 12 till 3 um and and it was like a thrill and almost a little bit intimidating because she's so good at what she does like good luck arguing any point (laughs) if you if you think differently like that that woman she she's confident in her convictions and she knows what like you say she knows what she's talking about which by the way I think is a phrase we probably should stop using when it comes to women in sport because they wouldn't be there if they didn't know what they're talking about like I, it's all very well intended but I say this a lot I get so many tweets going oh yeah you really know, know your stuff got the knowledge I'm like of course I do I wouldn't be here otherwise but it's all very well intended um but yeah she's fantastic and she's um brought so much to the show and she loves the UK audience and I think you know they're really excited over there that they had got this new UK audience and the good morning football's on over here three hours a day every weekday every single week um yeah and she's fantastic and her fantasy football advice is really good if unlike me you don't try and outsmart it just do what she says when it comes to your fantasy lineups please um 
but yeah she's great and we we we're very grateful for her time because she's a busy woman and she works a lot of hours a day and and makes the time every week to have a little football chat with little old me awesome now one show i mean you've you've done so much already but now you have your own show as well um I watched it. I was going to try and watch it on Monday because I thought it was on demand and I thought I could just watch it on Monday. But it didn't come out until Tuesday at eight o'clock. Um, that was Rise With Us. That was your show. Um, and it was re- with Rebecca Adlington, the Olympic swimmer this week. Um, it was awesome. I mean, I have watched Rebecca Adlington at Olympics and, and so on. But I've never see, seen her in an interview be so kind of frank and, and, and upfront. And it was quite refreshing because... Obviously, when she does interviews, it's usually after a swim and she's usually knackered and she, oh, yeah, yeah, I did great. That's brilliant. And then off she goes. Whereas this was like a real good 50 minute sit down and everything was broken down and, and she was really, really good. What was it like for you to start your own show, Rise With Us, and, and have Rebecca as your first guest? Uh, well, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's really, really good to hear. I mean, it's not the first time I've hosted a show or fronted a show, but it's the first time Um I've done a long form sit down interview based show, which I just love to do because fundamentally I'm a very nosy person and I just want to get to know someone and have a big old chat. Um, and Rebecca is awesome. She's so open, like you say, and, and so honest. And I think she had a really tough time of it with sort of social media trolling because when she burst onto the scene, it was in 2008, which is when Twitter started. And she got so, so much stuff thrown her way. And she was, she's, she was like 19 at the time 19, wasn't she? ridiculously yeah. young really young um so I think as she sort of got older and she's become more assured of what she's achieved and who she is she's very willing to sort of be very open so yeah really really grateful to her for a really sort of frank chat so the whole idea of rise with us is it's sort of to tie into the whole sort of January everyone's trying to change things in their lives so it's talking to amazing athletes and fitness experts and it's how they approach fueling themselves, how they approach rest, how they get motivated, how they set goals, what support networks have they got in place because of the idea that they might be applying it to, you know, training for an Olympics or, you know, running a marathon or we spoke to Judy Murray as well. And it's, you know, coaching the Fed Cup team and guiding your two sons to the, through these incredible careers. But there's all the, the basics of it we can all apply to our little everyday lives. Um, and the little things we have to get through every day, which at the moment, when it feels like the smallest things can become quite big challenges because of how we're having to live, feels quite applicable. So, yeah, really excited to, um, you might have just heard a big cheer. I think there's football on TV next door. Um, there's um, soccer, Katie, soccer. Um, there's, um, uh, yeah, so really excited about it. Um, and it's a really great project. It's sort of a passion project of like, me and a couple of colleagues. So to have got it sort of off the ground and to have it available on demand on Tuesdays. <laughs> it's also available yeah. on like YouTube. It's on Sky Sports Mix on a Tuesday and it's a podcast. So it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well, if whichever you prefer. Um, so yeah, it's sort of a 50 minute hour long podcast, which is quite cool because I love a podcast and now I've kind of got one. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, keep an eye out for it. We've got a few more coming and then we've had to kind of pause filming because of the, the third lockdown, which is such a shame because we had some really cool um, interviews lined up. But as soon as we're back out again, we'll get some more in. But there's, there's four episodes to come. So it's um, yeah, Judy Murray, Hannah Cockcroft and then Alice Living, who is like a superstar influencer PT and her advice is amazing. 
So Judy Murray is um, Andy Murray's um, mum. Um, and obviously. And Jamie's. And Jamie's. And Jamie's. Sorry, sorry. Everyone forgets about Jamie. Um, oh, he's achieved <laughs> a lot too. He has, yeah. He's, he's a big doubles player. Uh, but yeah, Andy Murray's obviously huge from where I am. Um, he only was born what, 40 miles up the road from where I am. So, um, yeah, big, big star. Um, and Judy has made such a great career for herself as well, so I'm sure she's got loads of knowledge to, to pass on. Um, what we will do is we will have a look at the games then uh, for this yes. week. Um, a lot of big games. Um, we're going to start off with your Rams, eh, Hannah. Um, they're taking on the Packers. Now, my wife is a big Packers fan. She loves Aaron Rodgers. She loved Brett Favre before, um, and even Clay Matthews and all his hair. So the Rams squeak right through past the Seahawks. Um, by a... 10 points, that's not squeaking. <laughs> they, well, they, they got past the Seahawks. It was a surprise it... win, yes, but 10 points. Yes. Come on now. It was a surprise win. Um, I did have uh, the Seahawks winning. I think, so did I. Uh, I think Jenna, uh, who we had on last week, and Katie both had the Seahawks as well. Uh, but no, th- the Rams did it. And are the Rams going to do it again, Katie? Or are they going to... Is this is this the, the visional week that they're going to lose out on? The reason that the Rams are going to make this a game is because of Cam Akers. And... Man, he has, he's really elevated the Rams offense since he's been able to really take over that lead rushing role. And I think that that's, what's going to keep them in this game. But man, I I wish that Jared Goff's finger thumb was not, was not hurt. And we could see a 100% Jared Goff, a 100% Cam Akers and that amazing Rams defense come out and play because then I think it would be a lot closer. Um, I just think that what the Packers have to offer and what, what they have with Aaron and Aaron and, you know, Devontae Adams is going to be a lot. And I think that but this is going to be a good chance to see, you know, if, if with what you've been hearing time and time again uh, with defense winning championships, because if, if they, if the Rams are able to win, it's going to be 100% because of the defense. Um, so I, I think that the Packers are going to come out on top. So I have them winning this game by four. So pretty close then. Um, I have also went with Green Bay. I just can't see past Aaron Rodgers. I think him and Adams are just doing so well together. Um, Very much like Allen and Diggs in Buffalo. Um, I I think they've kind of, they've got each other's number and they've got each other's backs and and they're doing really well together. The defense for the the Packers maybe hasn't been the greatest, uh, but I think against a, a sketchy, sometimes at best, Rams, I think they can really pull it off. So I've, I've taken the Packers by 10. Hannah, can your Rams pull it off? I mean, look, I even went with the Seahawks last week because I'm officially the worst fan in the world. Um, I am so nervous for this. And, and, and like you, James, we've got my partner is a Packers fan. So it's going to be very tense times in our living room come Saturday night and some serious bragging rights on the line. So for my sake, I really hope the Rams pull this off because he is an obnoxious winner. Um, but I think I'm allowed to say that's fine. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones are going to do what they do. Aaron Donald and, you know, 
the whole defensive line are going to do what they do. Look at what Darius Williams did last week with that pick six. He studies his play tape. He knows what he's doing. And don't forget as well, we've got Jalen Ramsey down the back in the secondary. And that whole secondary, I think, is is really exciting. And it's the, the Rams are, are so good against the deep ball. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is going to, you know, loves to do. So I think there's, there's, there's room for disruption there. So I think the defense are going to do a job. My concern is naturally the offense because it's just not been firing. Part of me, genuinely, I want to see John Wolford play this game because I think he brings a surprise. He's He plays differently to how you expect to see the Rams. It's not just going to be Jarek off play action. Can is running the ball, play action, play like, you know, then a short throw to get the, it, it, it completely changes the look of it. Whether that happens, I don't know. So I think this is this is the same situation I was in last week, and I was wrong. So I'm gonna, you know, heart says Rams and hopes. My head to say Packers, um, but a huge part of me hopes I'm wrong. And I think it's gonna be close. I I'm really reluctant to start picking sort of score predictions because I think it's impossible, especially in the, the divisional round. Um, but I think. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Packers by a score. Packers by a score. Wow. Well, One I score think game. That, Hannah, you're, you're, you've, you're already wiser than me um, because I made the mistake on multiple occasions to pick with my heart and pick the Broncos to win games um, that they, <laughs> they lost. And so you're, you're picking with your head. So, you know, James is proud of you. <laughs> but, my, but my heart really, I, I hope my head is wrong. I really do. And this is what I did last week and it worked. So you've got that sort of like playoff your juju. <laughs> well, I'm a Cowboys fan and, and we're going nowhere. So anyway, we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, the next game uh, on Saturday, uh, this is a late one for us in the UK, is the Ravens at the Bills. Now, the Bills were awesome uh, in the wildcard weekend, but the Ravens actually showed up Um and they put on a, quite a performance. And I really feel like this is, this is probably the game of the round. Um, I really think this is. I think you're going with two young quarterbacks, one who has played terribly and, and has been so inconsistent. And then this year, he, Josh Allen has just taken off. Um, and then you're going up against a guy who's had a really slow start to the year. Um, and then... As, as slowly but surely, and obviously I need COVID issues and everything else as well, Jackson has then come good towards the end of the season and moving into the playoffs. So he's really come into good form at the right time. He's kind of Tom Brady-ish um, in that regard. But Hannah, can the Bills push over the Ravens, whose defence was, was super strong last week? Well, first of all, I think it's a bit harsh on Josh Allen to say he was playing terribly until this season. He wasn't playing at this level, but he, he's he been on an upward trajectory for the last couple of years. So credit was credit's due. It's not like we started at the bottom here, but my God, the, the step he's taken um, this year. I thought the Bills were, were fantastic um, against the Colts. They really, really were. And, and you've seen Josh Allen, a, a quarterback that's so comfortable in what he's doing. And he sort of reminds me of like an MVP level 2015 cam newton you know he's got that height he's got that movement you like he can do whatever needs doing on any given play and some of those throws he was making on the move down the sideline the accuracy because that's the thing right he's always been able to move and throw the ball but his accuracy has gone up a level um, and like you say as well that the ravens have, have had 
such a torrid season they've had so many issues but they are coming good right when you want to so this is a really really intriguing one and you look you know, the bills the bills defense is sort of average whereas the last couple of seasons it's been really good um they've got to stop the ravens rushing attack and there's so much diversity there is it going to be jackson running himself gus edwards um you know they've they've got options on on the rush game and then the ravens defense is second in scoring in the whole league as well. So I think on both sides of the ball for both teams, these matchups are so intriguing. I can barely call it. Um, but I th- I think, bear in mind as well, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, they both got their first playoff win last weekend. So they want to keep the momentum going. But there's something about the the sort of atmosphere and, and and how the bills look as a team you look at them you saw some video of them at training like at the training camp last last week just having a dance around and having fun when they were scoring touchdowns this week there was a, that beautiful touchdown pass um from Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs and they're there with their handshake and all the guys were coming in together there is there is a real sense of unity there which I think is so important it seems like how the Browns have got at the moment and the Ravens, they're still dancing on people's logos. Um, so I think it's going to be a really close game. For me, partly because I want to see it, I think the Bills have the edge, but I think it's literally going to be three points max in it. I think it might even be like a one-point game. Wow. Well, um, since Hannah said exactly everything that I was going to talk about. Um, I'm oh, sorry. Well, no, I, and that's the thing. Like, I think that the biggest... The only weakness that I see with the Bills is is their the way that they defend the run. Um, they have some problems there, and Lamar Jackson is not afraid to 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 tuck it and, and just take off for forty eight yards like he did last week. Um, this is going to be an awesome game between the two former first round picks of the two thousand eighteen draft, and I'm I'm only giving the edge. Um, to the Bills because of home field advantage. That that really is the only edge that I that I see them having. Um, so I'm going with the Bills in a narrow game too. I'm going with the Bills by three. And since Hannah said everything else, I want to bring up James. What do you think? <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going against the green a little. Um, I'm going with the Ravens um, by seven. I think Lamar Jackson has found that game that he in the early part of the season had lost um and you know everyone's looking at him as this mvp icon and and not having that kind of season in the regular season but he has come so good towards the end of the season and i think you know we've talked about it they've they've had their issues the ravens but i really think that they are a tried and tested maybe jackson isn't but the Ravens themselves are really good in the playoffs. And I think with that experience behind them, I think that takes them over the edge. So I've, I've said it's a, a close game as well. I've taken the Ravens by seven because um, I do think it will be just a, a one score game. But, you know, you never know. Um, the Bills could. Th- this is a game. And like I said before, this is my kind of game of the week. So um, and because it will be such a tight game. What we'll do now is we will take a real short break and then be right back with the second of uh, the games from Sunday. And then Hannah will be giving us her top five sports films of all time. Okay, so we're back and we have our first matchup on Sunday, which is the Browns at the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have had, like Green Bay, they've had a week off, um, an extra bit of a bye week. So they'll be well rested. That's probably not a great omen for the Browns. 
But Katie, sometimes you say that momentum will carry you through. So is a, a week off good for the Chiefs and bad for the Browns, or is it bad for the Chiefs that the Browns have got a bit of momentum behind them? You know, I think that it's interesting because the, the Browns came out and I, like I said, last week I picked them to beat the Steelers, but I didn't expect them to come out and score 28 points in the first quarter. I, I mean, I don't think anybody did. And I, I hope that they're able to carry that momentum because that is going to be the only way that they can beat the Chiefs. And with Patrick Mahomes, one thing that we see on a consistent basis, he can be down by 28 points and come back in the final, you know, 10 minutes and, you know, put up 31. He's just that good. And so the only way that the Browns are going to have a chance in this game, I think, is if they are going to come out strong and they have the second that they have to kick a field goal, I think is when the chiefs will take the lead because the, the chiefs don't need to kick field goal. They, they, they typically are always able to just march right down and, and get a touchdown. So I think the second that the, the Browns have to kick a field goal, that's going to be when the chiefs are going to break away. Um, it's going to be interesting to see cream hunt back, against uh, the Chiefs because that is his former team and um, I, I think this is going to be an interesting game because if the Browns from last week show up then that's where we're going to be able to to maybe have this be uh, a really good a really good game but if, if they are not able to come out strong then the Chiefs are just going to run away so despite all that I think Patrick Mahomes my human cheat code he is going to come out on top I have the the Chiefs are winning this game by seven. By seven, okay. So just by a score. Um, Hannah, the Browns did have an awesome wildcard weekend. Um, the, the Baker Mayfield, who I have quite happily, I'll admit, slagged him off in years past um, with his ego and all his bravado. This season, we've seen a different Baker Mayfield. We've seen a more mature, more kind of steady. I'm, I'm not kind of rocking the boat. And he has been a bit more of an adult this year. And I think he's been rewarded because his team have got behind him and they've made the playoffs. Can they go further and upset the Chiefs after already upsetting, upsetting the Steelers? I mean, it's a big ask, isn't it? And I mean, I don't even think they did upset the Steelers. If you look at how the Steelers played down the stretch, they, you know, that 11-0 start got them where they needed to be, but they haven't played that well. Um, the, you know, the the back end of the season, I don't think uh, at all. Um, and I'm with you on Baker Mayfield because he's someone that I've not always been convinced by and they'd have these amazing big wins like earlier this season I'd be like okay do it two weeks in a row and I'll pay attention and then they'd probably not do it and then he would again and I think you're right I think there's that that, that sense of maturity there now I mean to his credit he's what 25 so I think we can allow the fact that it's taking a little while to get there and I think actually all the sort of adversity that the, the Browns have, have been through and, and not having Kevin Stefanski able to be with the team at all last week, I think that actually brings the team closer together and there's that sense of we can play through any curveball and we can get the win. So their their sense of belief is going to be through the roof after this and I think that their level of confidence is a huge factor. Um, the Chiefs, though, all season, I'm like, who, can, who could stop this team? For me, I, I still stand by this. I think the only team that might be able to stop the Chiefs and AFC are potentially the Bills, because I just think they could maybe out, they can match them on the scoring front, not, I'm not talking about stopping them defensively even. Um, so I think this is a, a huge ask for the Browns. I think it's interesting, isn't it, with the whole resting thing, because the Chiefs 
had a bye week. Patrick Mahomes, though, hasn't played since week 16. So he's had, it'll be 20 days, I think, or almost three weeks since he'll have last played. Now, a player of his calibre, that's not going to work against you too much. But still, he might be a little bit rusty to start. Baker Mayfield's going to come in super hot and thinking he can do anything. But like Katie said, you can never write the Chiefs off. They can come back from anything down to the wire. Look what they did in the Super Bowl last year. So I think I think this is a huge ask for the Browns. Um, I think where they do have an advantage, though, is their defense is really good at pressuring quarterbacks without blitzing them because you don't want to blitz Patrick Mahomes. He's good against the blitz. He's not so not so great under pressure. So I think there is a, a slight way that his defense can get to him, the defense can get to him there. But yeah, it's a it's a huge ask. I hope the Browns put in a performance like they did last week because it's going to be an entertaining game. If so, in terms of both offenses going up, and it could be one of those high scoring games, and it's just which defense manages to get an intercept and manages to, to make a stop. But yeah, I, I see the Chiefs doing it. And I think it's going to be the Chiefs by, I don't like doing these numbers. Uh, I reckon Chiefs by 12. By 12, okay. Um, that's a big score, but I'm going to go higher. Um, I'm going to go Chiefs by 14. Um, I think <clears throat> human cheat code, Patrick Mahomes comes out well rested, might be a bit rusty in the first quarter, like you say, Hannah. Um, but I think he comes out and he just bosses it. And I think he finds Hill, he finds Kelsey. I think he just goes back to what he does. Um, and he's done it so well for so long now. And Andy Reid is a master tactician and he's really shown his, his, his kind of chops the last couple of years. And um, being able to do so with a quarterback thing that can move and that can throw. So I'm taking the Chiefs by 14. Um, now, father time versus father time. <laughs> Brady Brady um, up against Breeze. Um, this this is a tough one to call. This And this is one where there's been a lot of memes flying around social media and, and so on with beards and old man faces and everything else. But down to the football itself... Hannah, the Saints have kind of marched on. They've managed to win games without Breeze. Um, Brady had a really shaky start to the season where he struggled to find his guys downfield. But he seems to have done what Tom Brady does every year. He plays pretty but average in November. But come December, he starts to turn it on. And then you get into January and, yeah, it's just Brady time. One of them has to win. Um, is it going to be Brady? Because remember, the Saints have won two games against Brady this year already. Um, is Brady going to get his revenge? Well, I usually say that the likes of Tom Brady don't lose the same team twice in one season. Does Tom Brady lose the same team three times in one season? I mean, this one is so hard to call. And can we just take a moment to appreciate how in the AFC, Baker Mayfield is the oldest quarterback at the grand old age of 25. In the NFC, you've got two quarterbacks going up against each other, which is Drew Brees' birthday on Friday. They're going to have a combined age of 85. 85! <laughs> like, this is Mental. ridiculous. Um it's so hard to call. And you're so right about Tom Brady because, yeah, of course he struggled when he first got to Tampa and it took him a while to get used to how they play. And lo and behold, you're bringing Antonio Brown. You think, why do you need Antonio Brown when you've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Scotty Miller and Rob Gronkowski? You go, oh, okay, that's why you're bringing Antonio Brown. 
Um, so he's got so many choices as to where he throws that football. And both of these defenses are strong too. And I think the Saints, they got their offense back at the right time. Alvin Kamara is off the COVID list. Michael Thomas is healthy. Emmanuel Sanders is playing well. Um, so I, I can't split them. I really can't. I don't even know what this is going to come down to. I think it really is. I think it could partly come down to sort of wide receivers. Will Michael Thomas outdo the three superstars they've got? superstars that they've got on I did air quotes to just remember this is audio only <laughs> they've got um they've got a tamper and then you look at the ground game as well and, and Alvin Kamara you saw in the Saints game this week that it was a lot closer than it should have been with Chicago for the first two maybe even three quarters and then lo and behold you start giving Alvin Kamara the football and do what he does and it opened it up so um I really I really can't split them on this this I there's part of me though and I've said this on on overtime a couple of weeks in a row that you look at the sort of playoff juju of these teams and the Saints just have the worst luck when it comes to just weird things happening in playoffs and Tom Brady he has good luck and he has good fortune and things just go his way and it would be the ultimate Tom Brady move wouldn't it to go to a new team and then play in a home Super Bowl which no team I don't think has ever done um so I think maybe just for those reasons I err towards Brady but honestly I, I I'm not I, I can't make a prediction on this I can't call it <laughs> well I'm I'm right there with you this is a tough game to call it, I mean if if Brady and and Breeze would have split the season I think it'd be even tougher but I I even though the the Saints beat the the Bucks both times this season. I mean, and they just destroyed them in week nine. I think that this is going to be a real, um, a real test to, to how good the superstars are for the bucks. I mean, cause they're just so stacked on offense and their defense isn't too bad either. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, they, they have a lot of weapons there on defense. And I just think that what is going to come down to is that there's more weapons in Tampa than there are in new Orleans and not, not, you know, Michael Thomas and Kamara and Emmanuel Sanders, they're no slouch, but I just think that there, there's, there's so many options for Tom Brady. I think that this is going to be when it matters most. And, you know, like Hannah said, I think that this is, it's going to come down to, to this game and Brady's going to have his, his Brady luck and they are going to come out on top. So I have the Buccaneers winning this game by three. By three. Okay. So I've went with the Saints. Um, because I think the Saints are just going to march on as they have done all season. They've been one of the most consistent teams. Even when Breeze was out, um, they brought in Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill did a good job, and I think we'll probably see him take a couple of snaps um, as he's done throughout the season, and he will just run because that's what he is. He's like a bull in a china shop. He will just run right through. And... I I just feel that the Saints that all that bad juju that you were talking about, Hannah. I just think that they've had it all, and it, it's time for time for a change. And I think this potentially is Breeze's last season. Um, that there has been rumours, and I think you know I think it's his time. And I think Brady gets a bit disappointed, um, and I've seen him disappointed a few times this season, um, and his facial expressions are usually quite fun to watch uh, <laughs> when he's disappointed. So I am going with the Saints by six, just to be bold and be brave. Um, but it is now or never for the Saints. It is now or never, really, it is. for this yes. group. You look at them, they've got the most, as a team, they've got the most combined playoff 
game experience by some huge number um it is now or never for them and but there's part of me just, just thinks that level of do or die desperation can i don't know it's it's it, this one for me is is impossible to call it's the playoffs and i feel like you know you have 17 weeks weeks of making like solid picks between between games but when you get to the playoffs man it's it's a whole nother level and the if anyone can get there i mean like drew Brees, he's he's going to be motivated especially if this is his last season he's going to give it his all out there um whereas i think tom brady you're as, as John Murray said a couple of weeks ago, you're going to have to take the walker away from him to get him to retire. But I think that that's, you know, this might be Drew Brees last season and maybe he's said something to this team and get, can get them all on board and playing to their, their true potential. But I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm right there with Hannah. I think there's just too many weapons on the bucks. So that is our divisional weekend um, that we've got ahead. Um, there is some great matchups there. I think, in fact, I think all of them are potential great games. Um, I went for the best weekend in football. The best weekend in football. Um, I would say the Super Bowl, maybe, but uh. no, because Uh, Super Bowl you only have one game. This you have four great games every single. There's no dud here. All four of these will be great. That means we all have to stay up late in the UK. So this great thing called Sky Plus. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got my Sky Q. It's already set up. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. So that is our games. But Hannah, um, as always, with every guest that comes on, we ask them to provide us with their top five sports films um, slash documentaries for yourself. Um, we've had a few documentaries already in the past. Um, we'll just go five up to one, which is your top. Ooh. Um, just to throw you off. Well, so so this was really hard for me because I'll be honest, I don't watch a lot of sports films. So when you said this, I was like, oh gosh, I don't, I don't. And then I started to think about it, and I realised, and this is a very feminist rant moment for me. There aren't many sports films about female athletes, and there certainly weren't when I was growing up. So I think I just didn't engage with them as much as I maybe could have when I was younger. But okay. I haven't really done them in an order, but I did think of two actual sports films and then the rest of documentaries. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. We'll so go with two... your, your fifth then. Okay. Oh, I haven't got these in particular. I've got, I've got my number one and then the, the yep. four are like a mix. So my okay. two actual sports films, and I'll be surprised if you've had both of these before. Um, cool Runnings. <laughs> no, oh, we God. haven't had that one yet, yeah, but that no. is a and great one. It's such a great film. And bring it on. I, I say that is a sports film and it is iconic to women of a certain genera- generation and I am one I of those women. It's cold in here. There must, there must be some Toros in the Oros. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they are my two sports films. <laughs> but sports documentaries is, is, is more my bag. I love them. Love them. Um, and my sort of top three. Uh, so number three. Th- number three ish um athlete a watch it it's the about the, the if you don't if you're not familiar it's about the the scandal of the sort of abuse that was happening in u.s gymnastics it's quite a harrowing watch but it's a very important watch um and it, it's 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 a brilliant documentary and then what it what has grown from there and we've had um, gymnasts in the UK, male and female, talk about similar experiences. So it it was, I think, a great documentary that not only is it very well made and very compelling and also quite harrowing and upsetting, 
it did what great documentaries should do and it, it started a conversation to enforce change. So that's that's what in it. Uh, number two, and I think everyone's seen this one because I think it's what all of us were watching in March and April, um, The Last Dance. Yeah. Chicago Blues. I'm a big it NBA was... fan and I'm a Utah Jazz fan as well. Oh, yeah. um, so I unfortunately watched it again reminding myself because I was 16 17 when the jazz made the finals in that year um so I was a little upset watching it because it reminded me of me crying in my bed at 4 a.m in the morning watching the jazz lose to the bulls um and Michael Jordan it it was a great documentary it really was was, it was well made yeah it was brilliantly put together and I loved how they went forward and back in time and there were moments of it. I mean, it's like what you're saying about that Rebecca Addington interview I've, I've done for Rise with us recently is that, that Michael Jordan was so open and oh, yeah. it was his, he had a lot to do with the production of it. So you have to be aware of that, I think. But still, I think it was um, really entertaining and really insightful. And just seeing all that old archive footage, you're like, this would have never, no one would have, would have done anything with this if they hadn't made this documentary. So yeah, I, it got us all through a period of lockdown, didn't it? That's for sure. And we were it did, yes. grateful. That um, and, and then uh, the Tiger King. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. Oh my gosh, the Tiger <laughs> King phase. I hate watched that. I don't know. I was like, why? Why? Why am I watching this? This is... Anyway, um, the, my number one, actually, and this is undoubtedly number one, is Senna. I think it is the most incredible sports documentary ever made. So it's about the life of Etta Senna, greatest Formula One driver, arguably, to a... a ever lived and obviously died very tragically um whilst racing and it is it is it is it's perfection like I can't I can't talk more highly of it than that it's been years since I watched it and when it ended I just sat there on my sofa sort of stunned and you know how it's going to end because you know the story yeah going in it's like Titanic (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's um it's it's so beautifully put together and constructed that it's really moving and it, it tells the story of, of a, a great driver who was doing a lot of good away from racing as well. So yeah, for me, that is the perfect sports documentary and I highly recommend you watch it if you haven't already. Uh, I haven't already. Um, mm, you I've seen must. it a couple of times. I've seen it you kind must. of advertised about and stuff and I've, I'm sure it's actually on my Sky Q box to be fair, but um, I haven't actually press play yet so maybe i should, should but i would that. just say just ha- don't do it if you're feeling emotionally fragile because it's okay. it's it oh, it gets you it gets you well i cried at coco so i probably will not be able to watch <laughs> it so <laughs> okay. i mean i cry at everything but i think center is particularly moving Fair enough. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for joining us uh, on Across the Pond. It has been great to have you. Thank you for being so open um, and frank with your answers. Um, we've had a, a great time having you here. Um, and obviously, we'll, well, I will. I'll, I'll see you uh, on Overtime and on shows across here. Um, and Katie, you'll just have to um, wait for your Instagram. <laughs> well, no, Katie, we will be seeing each other on Clubhouse. Yes, oh, thank yeah. you for letting yes. me know about this. I will see you there when I figure out what on earth it is. Yes, <laughs> yes. Can't wait to see you on Clubhouse, girlfriend. It'll be fun. Thanks, guys. That was fun. Awesome. And on that note, thanks so much. Bye. A huge thank you to Hannah Wilkes for coming to the show, giving up her time to, to come on and talk to us. Really, really good chat. I think you'll agree. 
um, really, really insightful. So I'm um, really super happy that we had um, Hannah come on, um, have a chat with us uh, and obviously go over the games for this weekend. So she'll be covering them for Sky Sports. And remember and check out Rise With Us um, as a podcast as well. Um, so although the show might be shown in the UK, um, you can catch the podcast. So please do so because um, it is a, a really good show and they've only had the first episode and I, I thought it was really good. Um, in terms of ourselves, obviously get us on social media across the pond sports podcast on um, instagram and facebook and twitter at atp sports pod and don't forget our nhl podcast and nhl tipped off last night so don't forget to um go for the nhl podcast across the pond nhl and we've got josh chris and lee um they've got some real insights and and they're having fun making that podcast so the first episode is out and um, don't forget to listen to that and their episodes are going to drop every monday so don't forget to listen to them as well. Um, but apart from that, have a great weekend. Enjoy the football and ice hockey. And if too, not too many NBA games get called off, you can enjoy that as well. But I'm sure uh, Ryan will fill you in on all that come Sunday. Sports Social Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.